everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Global Shop Solutions ERP Software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Hey everyone, just want to let you know that uh, we recorded this with CT before the Nuggets trade for 30. I thought I'd give you guys just a slight update news-wise with that if you, if you weren't following. Um, basically, the Thunder are receiving Jermichael Green and a future protected first-round pick for the 30th pick. Uh, Sam Presti continues his sickoness by adding as many future firsts as possible. But we didn't talk about that in general here, but I think the pool at 21 and 30 is actually kind of similar. And some of the guys that will be mentioned here as potential guys at 21 could also be potential guys at 30. Um, so I hope that uh, we, we hit on enough guys to still satisfy you there. Something I will add is the potential for a trade up uh, with those two picks packaged. It's hard to determine targets exactly. Uh, we mentioned Jake Laravy in this. I actually think he could be a trade up target too, depending on how things break down. I think Jalen Williams uh, from Santa Clara could be a major trade-up target because he just um, feels like a great fit here. And again, his range is probably a little higher than 21, even if it's not super high. Um, they could also trade up to just try and get one of the followers, you know, whether that be Malachi Branham is following or it is Ochai Baji falling or um, or Blake Wesley or whoever is kind of a follower. I could see them kind of trading up for that guy. Uh, so there's definitely some options here. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't hit on it in the pod itself, but uh, I, I still think this pod is great. Didn't feel the need to re-record it. So, uh, again, thanks to CT, and I hope you guys enjoy uh, what we do talk about. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Upset Swings NBA Draft Podcast, the podcast the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, always always by the great Stone Hanson. And the next in our series of guests, a returning guest, once again, one of the best friends of the pod, Huge St. John's fan and also a huge Denver Nuggets fan, the great C.T. Fazio. Uh, he is one of our, our best friends here at Upside Swings. He's a writer for Crown Hoops. So we're very happy to have him back. C.T., my friend, how you doing? Hey, Bryson Stone. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I appreciate it. You know, always good talking to you guys. Remember last year we were doing this. So, uh, you know, crazy that we're back here later. But, you know, looking forward to the draft and, and talking to you guys about the Nuggets. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's kind of surreal. Uh, we've only had like like I think you're one of like two or three returning guests. For the most part, it's been a new roster this year, but uh, there was no one else we wanted to have on for the Nuggets. Uh, no one even really considered. So very happy to have CT back on. Before we get into the Nuggets themselves, Stone, my friend, how are you doing? Uh, doing well. Um, it's good. We're back here again. It's like the the Paul Rudd meme. Look at us. Who would have thought? Back here again. So. <laughs> Uh, cool to be back and, and hopefully discuss some names. I know last year we were talking about IO, what could have been, um, but <laughs> hopefully the, uh, the Nuggets, they didn't miss on their pick either. So uh, hopefully they can hit again, though, on this year. Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to say the Nuggets have really, like, horribly missed on a pick. They just don't take the guy that feels like is most optimal, I suppose. And, I, and that's something I'm excited to talk about, but before we before we get into the draft itself, I want to talk about the Nuggets as a whole. And it kind of felt like this was a a, a rough season for them in some ways. Uh, and it's not necessarily their fault, of course. Jamal Murray out for the whole season with his torn ACL. I think it was smart to just keep him out. Like, don't try and rush him back for a half-hearted playoff run. Like, make sure he is completely healthy because they desperately need him to be a second star. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. got injured early, and the news has been consistently not good about uh, his future prospects. But Nikola Jokic won another MVP. I mean, still 
arguably the best player in the league, uh, at least up there, uh, close to the best. And, and just, I, I don't know, he does so much for this just generally depleted roster. So CT, how would you kind of describe the Nugget season as a whole? I would say as far as a competitive standpoint, you know, as far as a contending standpoint, I think it was last year. Um, you know, this is basically two years now. And as far as, you know, Nikola Jokic's, you know, prime that have been lost as far as, you know, competing for a championship. But I would say this year, I think there were some positive takeaways. You know, uh, number one, I think Bones Highland, um, you know, coming into the fold, I think he really established himself as a future uh, piece of the team. Um, you know, I, you know, last year, I know we were talking about, it, I really didn't think that he would be in contention for that pick. You know, I thought they're going to go a little more of, you know, a bigger guard, uh, more defensive, you know, upside. But, you know, Bones turned out to be a great pick. You know, he proved me wrong. Um, you know, and he's, you know, established himself as a guy for the future. Um, and then as far as, you know, I think Monte Morris established himself as somebody who, you know, could fill in as a starting point guard here and there. And I think, you know, uh, Nikola Jokic winning a back-to-back MVP, you know, I think he's, you know, someone who is kind of, you know, on the map now as being arguably the best player in the league. I think he really, really expanded his offensive game, which I don't think would have really happened if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were were healthy. You know, he really had to carry the bulk of the team on both ends of the floor, actually. Um, so I think he's actually well positioned for next year to, you know, carry the load again if he really needs to. Um, also, too, I think, you know, obviously it was a lost year from a competitive standpoint, but, you know, hopefully um, Jamal Murray heals up, you know, quickly and he's ready to go for next year. I think it's going to be a big year for him as far as getting back into the fold. He's been kind of like the forgotten guy, you know, see guys like Devin Booker really has ascended now. Um, you know, Darius Garland's another one. I feel like he's kind of lost in the shuffle now as far as he's been off for, for close to two years. And then Michael Porter Jr., obviously, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping for the best for him. I really, you know, before he got injured, I was someone who was really, really high on him as far as, you know, being a potential prospect. You know, they gave him the max deal. And I think, honestly, deservedly so. Um, you know, so hopefully next year they both, you know, return healthy. And then, you know, Jokic has some more firepower next year going into, a, I'd probably say, a, you know, depending how the offseason shakes out, a pretty competitive Western Conference. So, um, you know, hopefully the team is back at full strength and they can compete and be ready to go. Yeah, I think it's it's um, they're in an interesting spot, and I think there's a world where they're um, you know the best team in the Western Conference next year, and and definitely things are looking great. But there's also a world where it, it's kind of a repeat of this season, maybe in a different way. But uh, finding that balance is something that's going to be huge on the shoulders of Michael Malone. Um, it feels like the top two guys are definitely Jokic and Murray, and that's sort of the ceiling of this team is kind of how far those two can take them. But having a roster around those guys is huge. So. You know, we know what Jokic brings. He's the best passer in the NBA. He's uh, someone who could score at all three levels now. Great transition player. He's up the defense, like you mentioned. We know what Jamal Murray brings. Absolute bucket getter. Can really move off the ball. Great shooter. Can get to the rim. Uh, is developed as a passer. But what's the roster around those guys need to look like to maximize them and to potentially open up a championship window? Definitely. No, you, you make an interesting point. Um, you know, I think this year really exposed – the Nuggets perimeter defense. Uh, you saw Monte Morris is somebody who's a little bit more on the smaller side for a guard. He should be a backup point guard. You know, I think he could be a spot starter, but we just saw, you know, in the playoffs, he really got taken advantage of by Clay Thompson. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole even, you know, he's he went off in that first round and he hasn't really been the same since. Um, so Will Barn, I think, I think this is the offseason where he's finally traded. And it's a shame because I really would have liked to see him, you know, with the starters, you know, as a whole, because I really think he could have been a contributor. But it's a shame because this defense is really falling off a cliff. Um, he was getting targeted in the playoffs too. And Bones Highland's another one. I think the guards, you know, we're seeing they have a lot of redundant skill sets. They're a lot, they're smaller guards, not really physical. 
Um, can't really guard the point of attack. You know, Aaron Gordon was that guy this year where they they really just said, you know what, we're going to put him on the best player, whether you're a guard, whether you're a forward, whether you're even a big, and hopefully you can stop them. You know, he had relative success, but after a while he just got, you know, really, really tired, you know, toward the end. Um, you know, all servers was another guy who was a good guard defender. We'll see if he comes back. I think he should be able to, you know, I think he should come back. Um, but I would say uh, the top priority around Jokic and, and Murray is, is to really, you know, fill that roster with, more develop, uh, more defensive talent. So more uh, lengthier defenders, more athletic defenders, guys who can guard the point of attack. Where I think you have enough firepower offensively with uh, MPJ, Jamal, and Jokic now, where you you can afford to fill in the roster with more defensive talent, but also not being liabilities offensively. So I think they just have to get bigger on the perimeter. You know, lengthier, more athletic. And, um, you know, I really think that the perimeter next year is going to be, I think with Calvin Booth, you know, he just got promoted. Uh, Tim Connolly just left to the Timberwolves. So I think, you know, his vision had kind of leaked online. Um, some of the reporting say that they want, you know, more versatile defenders. So I'm curious to see in the draft and a free agency, you know, who they target, but it's looking like they're going to really uh, kind of overhaul the perimeter and, um, you know, we'll see what they do. But definitely defensive talent. Um, the defensive talent and, sh- and shot making is definitely something that I could see them uh, you know, prioritizing in the offseason. Yeah, I definitely think, and, and you know, something we talked about last year was how um, it, it, maybe it's not ideal, but guys like Jokic and Murray and, and MPJ can sort of let you get away with playing lesser def- uh, lesser offensive talents, you know, right. like as we'll talk about with some of the guys we're going to hit on, like they don't have to do a ton offensively other than be willing to move and hit this, hit a spot up three. They don't have to be someone who can put the ball on the ground and make a ton of reads because what's most important is that they can defend something, something out there. Cause Jamal Murray, especially coming off the injury, I don't think is going to defend very well. Michael right. Porter Jr. Learned to be a very good help rotation guy, but not someone who's going to stop anyone. Right. And Jokic again, at, even though he improved still in the playoffs, you feel like he has to be really insulated by good defensive talent. Aaron Gordon is a step towards that. Uh, you mentioned Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers is fine. If Austin Rivers is the dude you're really excited about, that's kind of that kind of shows you where your perimeter defense is at. I think it's just like he's good at like like some things. At point of attack against like bench guards is solid, but he's he's not someone who should be like this is someone we need to have on the floor at the end of games because his defense is so vital to our team. If that makes sense, right. so I think that's definitely what they're going to be targeting and whether that be with the pick or potentially trading the pick. And that's what I want to ask next. Like CT, what do you think? Like, do you think they're going to be shopping around 21? You mentioned potentially moving on from Will Barton. What do you think maybe the trade scenarios around the Nuggets are right now? I definitely think, you know, Calvin Booth is going to be active around the deadline. Uh, I came out today actually in an article that uh, Monte Morris and Will Barton are both readily available. So I would expect um, probably one of those guys not to be on the roster for next year. Me personally, I would keep Monte Morris on the team just because, you know, like we mentioned with Jamal Murray's, you know, uncertainty with his injury, you just need Monte's insurance. I'm not really comfortable yet with just saying, you know, Bones go out there and start every game if Jamal is out. I just think that's an unrealistic expectation for a 26 pick. Meanwhile, Monte Morris has established himself that he could fill in if need be. Um, For me, I would keep the pick personally. Um, You know, I think they need to stock the roster with relatively inexpensive – inexpensive talent I think if they trade the pick I think they'll probably come up with you know if they attach to like a Will Barn maybe um they can get a more expensive guy but they're going to be in the luxury tax next year because they have three max players on the roster in in Murray Porter and and Jokic so I think they just need you know relatively inexpensive 
um, you know, draft picks that they could add who could possibly be rotation players, you know, like Zeke Nagy's, uh, you know, someone, you know, I see, you know, mentioned here, he's someone who's, you know, relatively cheap. Bones is another cheap guy as well. Um, but they both were contributors this year at, at different points of the year, you know, Bones more than Zeke, but the Nuggets just need to find and hit on those guys, um, you know, to surround the rest of the, the roster because, you know, now the, the tax bill has gone really, you know, really steep and, um, you know, signing good players who are, you know, more veteran is going to be tough to come by. So I would honestly keep the pick. Um, you know, I know we talk all the time about, you know, guys in that area who I, who I prefer. I think there's some talent in that area that could actually make a difference and, and maybe even be a rotation contributor, you know, as soon as next year. Yeah, I definitely think there's some guys you could hit on. Uh, and, and we'll get to those guys in a second. But I did want to ask you really fast about Bones and Zeke because I think they're both really interesting. And we mentioned those picks maybe not being our favorites, but I think they're both like probably NBA rotation players. Um, and I think that that has some value, even if it's a bit of redundancy. So I want to ask you, what do you think uh, of those two? What do you think they could be going forward? And how do you think the team values them? I think they, they value Bones, obviously, more than, than Zeke. Zeke got injured to the end of last year, um, so he was kind of robbed of, of having a chance to play in the playoffs. Um, for me, I would keep Zeke for next year. Um, I'm just I'm not the biggest Jeff Green fan. As we saw in the playoffs, he kind of got exposed to. Um, Malone played him. I mean, there was really nobody else left to play other than him and Austin Rivers. I would have played Rivers over him, but didn't really make a difference. The Warriors are gonna, we're going to win anyways. So um, I think Zeke's actually a more versatile defender. You know, he can he's not a switch big, but he can switch at times. He had good success last year, even against, you know, I remember the Utah game against Donovan Mitchell at the time, Jordan Clarkson. Um, you know, you need, you need guys like that who could switch in a pinch, you know, who are scheme versatile. Like Jeff Green is not scheme versatile. Bones, another one, his defense was kind of hit or miss, I would say, but he does have a, a pretty large wingspan. So that kind of makes up for it as well. And I think he got better as the year goes on. So I think if he adds some more strength and, you know, obviously with his offensive skill set, he's already very, very good, you know, in a playable option. So I think those guys should be, Zeke probably is probably hit or miss in the rotation. Bones definitely get a spot in the rotation. Um, but having those two guys being as, you know, maybe like Bones more of like a six-man type and Zeke is like a ninth or a tenth man, I think they can do worse. And, you know, like you mentioned, you know, hitting on those two guys as rotation pieces, I think that matters. I think that was actually – we probably would have preferred other players, but, you know, getting two rotation players, it, it could have been worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think they're going to be an interesting spot with the guard rotation too. Um, I think it'll be important to not play Jamal Murray 82 games next year. Um, right. You know, trying to keep him probably around like 50 to 60 would be your goal. Uh, and I think Bones could, against some shitty teams in the regular season, approximate Jamal Murray next to uh, Jokic. Obviously very different players, but um, in terms of what their role in the offense could look like. So I think that's a possibility. Uh, I hope they don't. I hope they choose to play Bones comfortably over Fakubabad's Composo. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll see how it goes. That does take me to 21. And before we get into like picks we love, guys we really want, I want to talk about like kind of the most realistic guys. Obviously, super wide range in this draft from like 12 to 30. It feels like there is zero consensus, there's zero understanding of exactly where guys are going to go. Um, but I think there's probably a couple names we can narrow down, especially with the mindset of defensive, somewhat versatile wing guard type. So CT, I'll throw this to you. Do you have like a couple names that stand out to you as maybe like the most realistic selections here? Yes. No, I definitely think in that range in 20, in the 20 range, I think there's a lot of wings, especially in this class. Um, wings that I actually think who could be rotation contributors, not only on the Nuggets, but I think in general on a, a variety of different playoff teams and even maybe even some, you know, tanking teams as well. 
Um, number one, though, I have to go with your guy, Bryce, uh, Marjan Bochamp, number one on the list. Um, I think for me, I think Marjan is somebody who's – I think he's being slept on at this point. You know, on the, in junior college, looked at his stats. He averaged a, a crazy 31 points on like 53% from the field, 40% from three, 103 three-point attempts, which is, you know, that's a pretty uh, sub, uh, substantial, you know, sample size, um, 77% from the line as well. Um, so I think, you know, junior college obviously is pretty tough to gauge as far as competition-wise, but him, sh- uh, you know, showing that he could shoot 40% is pretty good. And then in the G League, he obviously struggled from three, 30% from three. Uh, but he averaged 15 points, seven rebounds, two assists. And I think, you know, playing with Jokic, I think having athletes and Marjan's a really, really good athlete, somebody who I think is actually underrated physically. You know, he likes to, um, you know, throw his body in the paint as far as rebounding, as far as, you know, finishing at the rim as well. Um, so 6'6", six, six, you know, uh, lengthy, active defender. Um, I think he actually has shown some off the dribble game as well. So, um, and he's already 22 years old. So I think, I think the main key is that they should target an older player um, so I think Marshawn definitely fits that bill. And for me, he's number one on my list. Um, Christian Braun is, is number two for me uh, from Kansas, uh, six, six wing. Um, someone who just won a national championship. Uh, I think he's a really good shooter. He shot about, I think, 39% for his career from three. So pretty large sample size there. Um, you know, pretty sneaky athlete. You know, I've seen him dunk on some people before. Um, also, too, I think he plays with like that, that tough, uh, that tough uh, mother effort kind of mindset, which is something that I think the Nuggets have kind of lacked since Murray's been out. You know, Murray's that guy who's he's talking a bunch of crap out there. And I think Braun is another guy you could add to the mix who um, I think they kind of need his toughness. And then finally, I think two more guys just throw out there. Uh, Wendell Moore uh, is another guy from Duke. I think 6'5", you know, showing a little bit of variety in the pick and roll. Really improved his three-point percentage this year to 42%. Um, really good uh, point of attack defender. Um, you know, could switch on and off the ball. Uh, seven foot wingspan. And then uh, a guy from uh, the Pac 12, uh, Dale and Terry is another guy who I think I've, I think could be a fit, you know, six, seven, uh, sophomore play beside Benedict Matherin, uh, good length, pretty good shooter. So I think just the main theme is just athletic, lengthy defender, uh, decent shooter, and about in the six, five to six, seven range. So I think the, that's the baseline as far as, you know, what the pick should be. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's one other name I'm going to throw out there who really stands out to me, and that's Jake Laravia. I don't know yeah. exactly where his where his uh, where he's going to go. I think there's a chance he goes as high as like 16 to the Hawks, but uh, I think he could be here at 21. I think he'd be a great fit. I think he's a bit more of a forward than like a like a two three. He's a bit more of a four three, if that makes sense. But uh, right. I, I I think he'll find a way to make it work. His um, he he'd probably be the the third best passer on the team uh already like it'd be you know obviously Jokic Morris and then him um I think he's a very solid passer I think he's gonna shoot I think he brings a lot of defense I think uh he'd probably come off the bench early in his career but um you know with the uncertainty of Michael Porter Jr. getting someone who can uh who's very different but can stretch the floor play play that position and also be kind of a a low man in rotation I think is very is very useful um Stone are there names that kind of stand out to you I mean, not a ton more than, than the guys you've already listed, if I'm being honest. Um, all those names make a lot of sense. Uh, I think that, I, I think to a degree, um, I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's too high. I mean, Julian Champagne too would make a lot of sense, obviously. Uh, Got to bring go. it up for, for CT's boy. Um, but I feel like the way he's being talked about, he's probably going to be taken a bit later than 21. Um, so maybe that's a situation where you look to buy in the second or something, but, um, 
yeah, I, I think a lot of the names you guys have mentioned, there's not really any more uh, I have to bring to the table at this point. I actually think um, specifically with Champagny, I think there's a chance they could probably try and get him in UDFA. Like Champagny's range yeah. feels so weird that I think if you're like, instead of drafting you, we'll just give you a two-way in undrafted free agency and call that call that a day. Like I, I think there's a chance you can get him to fall there. There are a couple other names I want to bring up here because I think I think it's interesting. I think Jalen Williams could fall to here. Uh, you know, obviously he got that he got that big bump up during the the draft combine, but it feels like that's kind of cooled down a little bit. And I think he could be here at 21. And I think he'd be an awesome fit again. Like the defense maybe isn't great, but I, I think he can really shoot. And I think again, getting someone else who can just sometimes like pass the ball like really well would be great for this team. Um, if Bryce McGowan's is here, he's super different than everyone else we've mentioned, but he's fun. He's funky. I, I think, I think, you know, take a swing on upside here maybe and just get, especially if, if the rumor is that like the MPJ's back is like completely just fucked. Like if he, if he really cannot, uh, cannot keep that going, which I think is possible. I mean, that's why he fell to 14 in the first place. I think taking a swing on upside because I, I, I don't know if you're going to win a championship without MPJ. Right. But maybe if you can replace MPJ with another all-star, then you can't. So it's like, it's sort of that who are the all-star bets in that range? Obviously not many, but I think McGowan's could be there. Um, and then the final guy I'll mention, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know exactly where his, his range is, but um, I think EJ Liddell could be here and he's someone I'm a little lower on. We just talked about him in a recent pod, but I would really understand his bit here again. Like, it's a place you can get away with playing limited offensive players and having someone who could be that backline guy. Cause they still usually bring Jokic up to the level of the screen and, and try to have him recover. So if Jokic, you know, someone turns the corner on Jokic, having someone there who can just clean it up really well. That's something we talked about. Like, like he's used to that at Ohio state, they would hedge Zed key and just leave Liddell down there as the backline defense. And that's what he was. That's honestly what he's really good at. That's his best skill in my opinion. So definitely some stuff there. Uh, CT, if you had to pick one of these guys, and I think I know who the answer is, but for the people to know, if you had to pick one of these guys at 21, who would be your dream selection? Um, my dream selection would be uh, Bochamp. I just think, I just think he has. I would say he has some untapped upside. Um, I, I, Bryce, I know you could speak to this more than me because I know you've you've seen him in you know in person. Um, just for me, I just think that he has some untapped upside, but also too, I think he has a, a high floor as well. I think his floor is just being a, a, you know, a lockdown, maybe not lockdown, but really, really competent defender. Um, you know, he's got the tools. He's seven foot wingspan, you know, really athletic six, six, um, you know, somebody who I've seen make some decent passing reads showing that he can shoot the ball in the past a little bit as well. Really good cutter, a uh, good athlete. I think him and Gordon next to each other can, uh, you know, can provide a really, really nice blend of athleticism and length too as well. Um, so I think those two defensively would be really, really good as far as you could switch them. Um, you could, use one as a rim protector on the, on, you know, on the weak side as well. Um, so I think Bochamp would be the guy for me. Um, and also, too, I want to add too. I know you mentioned Champagne before, you know, I've actually, I've heard from somebody that his range is more in the second round now. So I think actually it's, it might be possible, possible for a team to get him kind of in like the on the uh, UDFA, like late second round range. So um, definitely would be pretty good value pick at that point. CT's dream would be Marjon at 21 and then trade into the second and draft. Julian Champagny. That would be 
you would, would probably dream. You'd go crazy on draft night. We'd have to bring you into the to the live show and, and just have you talk about how happy you are. Um, you need my live reaction for that one. Yeah, yeah, no Absolutely. kidding. Um, for me, I think at 21, I mean, it's hard for me to not say Marjol, right? You've talked about that untapped upside. And something I talked about in the G League pod when we, when we talked about him in depth, but I just think there's just a little bit more like uh, off the dribble shot creation there. Again, you mentioned the the disparate element of he can sometimes pass. I think he's a solid pull-up shooter. The the spot up, obviously the numbers weren't great this year. Again, like going from CC and, and not like a good CC league, like he played at YBC, which is where I consider trying to play college. Like, like that yeah. tells you like, like that's not a great league. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like he did not play at a very high level to go from that directly to playing top college competition uh, you know in the pros like top college competition in the pros um just insane like of course he was going to have some growing pains and the fact that he was a positive player at all i think is really telling i think there is some untapped upside with him as a shot creator because he's really athletic and comfortable with the ball in his hands and sometimes that's enough i think there's more pull-up shooting there nothing's going to be like an all-star or anything but i think he can be a like like a tertiary creator for you and i think that has value on this team specifically so that probably my pick the other guy would be jake laravia because i i think he's i think he's awesome i think his fit is a little worse than marjon so i would prefer marjon here but i could i could see myself going either way really really like both those guys and i think um the the nuggets would do well to take either stone uh yeah i mean if we're talking dream picks i i think there's a chance he does fall uh tari eason i think that would be um, a good one there, there's, I mean, obviously a lot of, of smoke. I don't know how much to put into it in terms of, you know, uh, that he may may take a draft day tumble. Um, and if he were to fall to 21, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm not like overly, I'm, I'm not where Bryce and Cooper are with, with Tar. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But uh, I do think if we're, we're talking about pick 21, that's really good value, uh, especially for the Nuggets. I think he fits the Nuggets perfectly, honestly, um, as really uh, another guy, similar to Aaron Gordon that they can just like really um, use defensively. Uh, they could use uh, both those guys in uh, a lot of different ways defensively. And I think that Tari allows them to uh, to play both of them together with the spacing that he does provide. Uh, even if it's not going to be on super high volume, I think it'll be at an efficient enough level to make it work. So um, I, I think Tari makes a lot of sense if he were to fall. Uh, all the way to 21 on draft night. When you say Tari, I can only think about the Nuggets somehow running out a Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Tari Eason, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic lineup, and that's like a dream come true for me. It's it's like the actually good at basketball version of that all all that all center starting five they ran out in that first exhibition game in the bubble, <laughs> where it was the like Bobol and, and Mason Plumley, and I think oh man, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant and then Jokic, obviously. I can't remember who the other guy Zeke was. Zeke Nagy, I think. Oh, uh, Paul Millsap, like... maybe. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, yeah. Millsap. Yeah. That was that was incredible. And that's all I it's like it's like if that was like actually good, like that's what that fight would be. So that's a dream come true. Um, part of the benefit of having CT on is he actually does draft stuff. So this isn't just gonna be Stone and I saying names. So CT, are there any guys like so we mentioned Champagne already, but are there other guys who might fall to UDFA or it's really easy to buy a second round pick, right? And you mentioned needing cheap contributors. There's no better place to get really cheap contracts than the second round. You can get guys for three years on what counts towards the cap is minimum contracts. So if you really hit on a pick in the thirties or forties, that goes a long way. And it's really easy to buy or trade up into that range. I mean, they could probably package like 
Cash and, and Campazzo or Cash and Jamichael Green and get into the second round pretty easy, right? Like it's not, it's not a difficult thing. So if there's any names sort of in the second round or in UDFA you really like here, just, just shout them out. Definitely for me, I think some of the undrafted guys that I like, uh, Quentin Jackson from Texas A&M, Texas A&M uh, kind of like in the Will Barton mold, 6'5", you know, pretty lengthy, um, kind of developed late as far as a senior, pretty decent shooter, uh, can pass the ball a little bit, pretty high flyer as well. Um, I just The theme is just getting guys who are like 6'4 to 6'7, like stock as many, of, as many of those guys onto the team as possible just so you don't have any problem next year. Because last year we had Compazzo, which he's not going to be on the team next year. He's a free agent. Uh, at least I hope not. Uh, Marcus Marcus Howard, I'm hoping he's on the team. Sorry to whoever else is listening. Uh, just they have to have guys who are like NBA height. So and then Bryn Forbes too. He's going to be a free agent. So those are three guys who are under six three, who probably won't be back in the roster. So Quentin Jackson's one. Um, Trevion Williams actually is a. I don't know where his range is going to be. Probably like second round, I would say. But getting more of like a passing big, you can play in the mold of Jokic. Obviously not like Jokic, but good passing big, can cut off of him a little bit. Uh, Jared Roden's another guy, a guy from Seton Hall. You know, I watched up close in the Big East. A pretty good defender. Had a really good combine, actually. Um, started the G League combine and worked his way up to the NBA one. Um, I think he's a decent shooter. Probably like the like the prototypical 3 and D, like UDFA, that they could kind of throw, you know, throw a little bit of, um, you know, playing time in the G League at. And then uh, Iverson Molinar is another guy. Uh, I've been me and you know Rich uh, Stamen have been high on him uh, for the longest time now. You know, six three, pretty uh, pretty decent wingspan. Uh, hit or miss as a shooter, um, as well. So uh, probably those guys. You know, getting maybe like a point guard or like a, a wing, and then either like a backup big. They could kind of see if they can develop in the G League. So definitely wing is the is the highest priority. But um, the other guys mentioned too wouldn't wouldn't be bad options. Yeah, I think hitting on backup point guard in, in like with a two-way could actually be useful for them because as we mentioned, Jamal Murray might get hurt. I don't know exactly what their plans are, but just having someone who, if in a pinch, you need this guy to come in and play 15 minutes um, on a two-way, I think that's actually really valuable. So I think there's some benefit to that. Uh, I'd consider trading into the second round if you could get one of Peyton Watson or Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, again, increasing upside. I, re- I have both those guys with first-round grades, I think. People have kind of overthought their their lone college season in bad context. I think they're both pretty good at basketball, and I think that goes a long way. Uh, pretty high on, on those two. Uh, I'd really love to see David Roddy here. That would be so fun. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, Long-time guy. Yeah, yeah. He's from Colorado State, so, you know, pretty pretty close by. Um, he's fun. He's just he's just really funky. Um, you know, thick, thick dude, but good athlete. Uh, kind of another bet at that, like, backside rim protection for who can – shoot and create a little bit uh josh minot another freshman to take a chance on i think would be really awesome as like a you know aaron gordon understudy uh develop him that way um backup guard i think kenny chandler like i don't know where his range is i think he might be around in the second round go get him if possible like he would be such an awesome fit next to Jokic, like with his rim pressure and off ball movement um and then the only other name i i really have that i that i would love to see here um, in, in UDFA is uh, I really like Geo Baker here from Rutgers. He's old, but he's just like, again, like he's, he's a good defensive wing comes from a good defensive context, little undersized, but can really, I mean, someone who had to create his own shot a lot and did it pretty well at Rutgers for five years, scaling him down. I think he could be a good shooter. I think he can get to the rim. Okay. 
So those are kind of the guys for me. Stone, does anyone kind of pop here for you? Uh, yeah, so one guy that really pops for me would be Vince Williams Jr. I think that's, um, that's as, a good one. as sort of this wing that uh, could come in and, and just be really whatever you need him to be. Like, I feel like he's a very moldable guy. He's very good at a lot of things, but not necessarily elite at anything. Um, and as an undrafted free agent, I think that's about as good a name as you can get for what the Nuggets specifically would be looking for. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's really the guy that stands out to me uh, most Most of all. Um, if you guys have any others, you know, feel free to throw them out. But that, that's who instantly sort of – I was honestly debating saying him at 21, but I know he's not going to go that high. So uh, as an undrafted free agent, I think I would be a stellar pickup for the Nuggets. You guys yeah. mentioned great names. Um, you know, might not Bryce you mentioned, I think he would be a good option. Uh, Vince Williams, too, like Stone said, I think would be good as well. I think the uh, UDFA crop is going to be really good this year. I think there's going to be some good names available you could get on a two-way. They're probably like the fur getting drafted because I know there's two picks that aren't going to be used. So um, probably the UDFA class is going to be pretty decent. I actually have one one last question for you guys. Um, if Okai Abaji falls in the draft, who do you guys think would be good at 21? Would you rather take Agbaji or Christian Braun at 21? I take I take Brown. I'm not an Agbaji guy like at all. And at Stone, is I don't think Stone way. is either, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> Where, we are comfortably higher on Brown than Agbaji. And I don't even think either of us are like super high on Brown. I think Brown would be a fine pick at 21, but like I don't know what Agbaji brings you that Brown doesn't, other than that in college he was able to do cooler dunks. But like I really I don't think he's like functionally a much better athlete. I think he's a far worse defender. Neither of them are creators. Like, like and Bosch, you could do a little more creation at the college level because he had a solid first step, but I don't think it's a type of athleticism or ball handling that translates. It's just they're both kind of off-ball shooters, neither of which are really movement guys. Um, and, you know, one is a has cooler dunks and, and the other is a better defender. I'll take the guy who's a better defender. But, CT, where, where are you at with that? I've been on the, uh, the Agbaji, you know, hype train. For, for the last, um, you know, season. But you know, I have been increasing on, on Brian since this, Braun since the season ended. Um, I just think, like, actually, I think his, like, NBA projected, projection has been kind of underrated. You know, like, 6'6", could shoot a little bit. Um, actually, I think he's a better defender than Agbaji. Like, I just think straight up, I think he's a better defender. Um, I think Agbaji is probably more athletic, like, using his, you know, ability around the rim. But I just – I think it's going to be like pretty tight as far as the final board. I think they're going to be like neck and neck. I think they're going to be right, probably like in the twenties. Like Baji for me is probably right around twenty right now, and then uh, Brown is like twenty, like twenty two around there. Yeah, and I think specifically for the Nuggets, I like Brown's fit more. Like me I too. think I think they need someone who projects as like an above average defender. I don't think Igbaji does. Igbaji is one of those guys who has the tools to be a good defender, but has zero tape of being actually a, a good defender. So I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Brown if, if that's if those are my choices. But one, this is bit, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry, I had one one other name before we, we get out of here, because um, I think as a I know we focus a lot on wings, but like as a backup center, I don't think it could hurt the Nuggets specifically. Um, Orlando Robinson is an interesting name where. I'm not super high on him, but I do like him as an undrafted free agent. And I think that for the Nuggets specifically, he could be sort of the uh, guy to fill in and give them that size so that you're not so afraid to go small when Jokic is, is sitting out for the few minutes he is. 
Um, I mean, you're not obviously picking up a guy to fill a, a ton of minutes as an undrafted free agent, but I think in sort of that limited role, Orlando Robinson might be a, a name worth looking at for the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I like Robinson a little bit. And that does take me to sort of, uh, before we get out of here, we like to ask all our guests about their their true dream outcome. And you already mentioned Marjon at 21 being a dream, but if you could pick maybe a, 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 the guy at 21 and an undrafted guy, and then as well, just sort of your general hope for the Nuggets this offseason, what would that dream outcome look like? I think at 21, I think, you know, any of the guys you mentioned, I think, you know, Marjon, obviously, but uh, Christian Braun, uh, Brown, um, Wendell Moore, or uh, Dallin Terry, I th- or Jalen Williams. Any of those guys, I don't think you go wrong. You know, I think they all have a skill set that's pretty similar as far as, you know, being in that 6'6 six, six range. Uh, pretty good defender on the perimeter, and that's what the Nuggets need. They just need somebody who's, um, you know, tall, athletic, lengthy defender who can guard the point of attack. So I think all those guys would be good options. Um, you know, on draft a free agent, like I, I think we mentioned, you know, there's a lot of good guys in that range, I think. You know, Quentin Jackson or Champagne would be obviously uh, Champagne would be the dream. Obviously, if you get, uh, you know, one of the guys we mentioned, then Champagne, I think that would be a really good offseason. And then um, undrafted, and then for um, you know, the rest of the offseason, I think you know, trying to find like a lob threat uh, for a backup center because I don't think Cousins is going to be back. I think he's going to price himself out of Denver's range. Um, bring Austin Rivers back. Let Composo go. Let all the small guards. Let all the small small guards go. And uh, you know, hopefully, just you know, up, update the uh, the perimeter. Uh, get some, you know, rim protection as well. And I think the Nuggets will be back, you know, right in that contention uh, kind of spot, you know, that they haven't been in the past few years. So hopefully, hopefully the Nuggets make a comeback and they have, you know, they start off with a good draft. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think this should be a team where if they, if they get this offseason, they don't even have to nail it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but if they do generally good things this offseason, I think they are maybe my favorite in the West. Like I honestly think like the Warriors were good this year. Right. And they're, and they're very good and they might win a championship still. Like uh, as we record this game three just happened last night. So they might still win a championship. Like who knows, but like, I think the Warriors were not some unbeatable team. And I think a healthy Nuggets would have given them a run for their money. And I think the healthy Nuggets uh, specifically because of the Grizzlies limitations would have beat the Grizzlies. And I think they're, you know, it's kind of them and the Clippers, right, for me next year, if everyone's healthy and, and things are looking good. So I think they have to do a good job this offseason. But if they do, I think they're in an awesome, awesome spot. And uh, speaking of awesome, uh, CT, we can't thank you enough for coming on and, and taking the time out. I'll plug all your stuff down in the description, but just let the people know where they can find you. First off, thanks. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, you know, always always appreciate you guys asking me to come on. Uh, second year in a row now, so. Um, <laughs> Official friend Official friend of the pod now. Definitely. I, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, great to, great to talk draft with you guys. Um, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at ctfazio24. I'll actually be dropping probably like one to two draft pieces, um, one Nugget specific, and then probably just a regular, um, maybe like a second round target or undrafted free agent guys. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but once again, just thank, thank you guys for having me on. Pre- always appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And, and like I said, to go go uh, down to the description and click on Crown Hoops, they do some good stuff there. So, uh, yeah, can't thank CT enough for coming on. Uh, for Stone, out report underscore court. For me, at Bryce under 14, uh, just give us a like, rating, review, all that type of fun stuff on your podcasting app of choice. This has been the Upside Swing to be a draft podcast. We hope you're ceiling. Thank you. We once again like to thank our sponsors at globalshopsolution.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at globalshopsolutions.com. Thank you.